0: by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.
1: Welcome to Game Over Montreal as Mark fixes something and he's bending over trying to <laughs> be stealthy, but I'm going <laughs> to show him on the screen anyway. Uh, if there's uh, any audio issues tonight, please let me know. I'm trying a new mic setup because I was testing over the time. It's been two weeks since I've been on Game Over, Mark. It feels like forever. So I was testing during the break and I found that the mic sounds better in front of me versus off to the side is like a little bit muffled so oh. hopefully it sounds better for everyone today if well that's not, you know what uh, that's
0: what you caught me i was trying to i noticed when the chat with uh tim turk who by the way if no one if anybody didn't have a chance go check that chat out it was a lot of yes. fun but i was yelling a lot and i mean i know i yell a lot but i i'm, I'm gonna blame the mic on this one or maybe <laughs> it's the filter that fell off that i never bothered to put back up maybe it could be, it could be, and you know, you
1: know. Frankly, uh, for a game between two teams that are in the basement, mm-hmm. pretty good game tonight. Uh, I think there's a lot to talk about. I saw some comments in uh, the chat. Uh, Trizak was saying, "Can we talk about Jonathan Duran without mentioning trade value all day long?" I mean, I'm I'm gonna disappoint you. We're gonna talk about the idea of trading Durant, but in not a good because way. we're like get him off the team or anything like that, but. Mm-hmm. Because we want to see this continue for Drouin and uh, him to have a chance to rebuild his career, frankly. Um, But before we get into all the myriad of topics that this game provided us, because I I feel like it's actually a surprising amount, especially in regards to the trade deadline, and we'll talk down all the tankers. That's what I'm going to start the show with. I got to tell you about sports interaction. Want to bet? Then get on, get in on the action at Sports Interaction. The boys of summer are back on the diamond and March Mad- Madness is on deck. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn or in Ontario, download the app. There's a QR code at the bottom of the screen right now on my side. You can just scan it with your phone and it'll take you straight to the app. 19 plus, please play responsibly. All right. Obviously, Mark, three games in a row here, the Canadians have won coming out of the break. The tankers are in shambles. They're just (laughs) having a tough time. I saw a, a good buddy of mine on Twitter, Maxime Payment, was talking about how his relationship with the Habs is an abusive one and he's like done with them because they're ruining the tank and he just wants to see a franchise player in Montreal, which he hasn't seen you know, for his whole life. And I, I get it, I get it. But listen, guys, you're, ta- you're not talking about missing Bedard. We're talking about a couple percentage points less of a chance. Mm. The Canadians aren't getting to 32nd overall this year. It's just not possible. Look at what Chicago is we saw it tonight. They're not bad enough for that. And frankly, the Canadians, if they want to get value for the players that they're going to trade at the deadline, they need games like this where those players play well. They need them to show. Like It can't just be the Caulfield Suzuki doc show all season long. They need the depth to come through for them. So these games, even if they might End up with a slightly smaller percentage chance at Bedard at the end of the day, are probably better overall for the franchise because of what you can get in trades than tanking for like a couple percentage points higher chance of Bedard. And what people aren't remembering is like Florida is still there. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen a lot of panic, Mark, about Florida getting better, which by the way they're down, I believe, three nothing tonight. The Florida Panthers have played their 57th game of the season tonight. Every team around them is playing at a higher pace and has played fewer games. So there's still even with the Panthers playing better hockey, a very high chance that they yeah. end up way lower in the standings
0: than they are currently. And so can, can I just go let me know when it's panic. ready. Time for a rant because What's happening in Chicago pushes the the limits of sports integrity. And now, like, I understand tanking is important. Conor Bedard, by all accounts, really will change a franchise. But what they're doing isn't just embarrassing. It's almost insulting to their fans because there's a limit between improving your odds and laying over. And, and and essentially throwing an entire season away embarrassingly. It's embarrassing what the Chicago Blackhawks are doing. So I, I think it's a lot more entertaining to be a fan of a team that's not embarrassing 82 times on the ice and still has odds to uh, pick that number one guy. You provide entertainment, which is the basis of sports, which the Blackhawks are not doing. And uh, you know you still have your odds towards that player. I get what the Hawks are doing. It's just it's gotten to the territory that it's gross, Andrew. This is like the when the Penguins rolled over for Lemieux. It's like when when the Senators rolled over for 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 Deg. You know, it's gotten to the point that it's just flat out embarrassing, in my opinion, for the Hawks and for the NHL.
1: Yeah, I I I'm not a fan. Like I understand the idea of it. But the other thing is, like every team that's done what the Blackhawks are doing, that's gutted it so deeply. When you're trading like an Alex DeBranket who's in his prime that's, and a dog, that's exactly Kirby that's duck, what makes it bad. Yeah, you get to a point where when your good players do make the league, you have no depth to support them. We've seen it in Buffalo, we've seen it in Edmonton, which I don't know was I don't know if it was as intentional in Edmonton, but they were just run so
0: poorly. No, I mean, yeah, I think that just happened. Yeah, but like, I mean, there's someone in the chat here, too like much, for example, hard. Jake Emroz. Okay, so he's saying, like, I'm I'm not embarrassed, trust the process. And I get that, Jake. I absolutely understand it. I, I, I know what the Blackhawks are doing long term might bring them value, but it might not. And in the meantime, I, I think we're allowed to point and say, like, this is bad, man. This is not what the spirit of sport is supposed to be. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't think I'll get any pushback on that part.
1: No, and Jake is saying the NBA does it too. I mean, sure, but oh, yeah. it's still bad for the sport, right? And, you know, with the Canadians winning the first overall last year, people will probably point and say like, There's oh that yeah, too. because yeah. They, they already won that. That's why you're saying this. But I've been saying for years and years mm-hmm. that I, in my opinion, every team that misses the playoffs should have the same odds to pick first overall. I don't think you should be rewarded for being bad on purpose.
0: But, I mean, the Hawks are taking advantage of that, right? Like, they're playing within the context. And that's fine. I'm complaining about it being embarrassing, but this is the move that the NHL put on the table for the Blackhawks, right? It's be as bad as you can, and we'll reward you with a generational talent. So, I mean, there's that part. It's really hard to complain when they're doing what most fans would do in a video game. They're doing it in real life. So, we'll see if it pays off, but for now, it's tough to watch.
1: It is. It is. It, it's very tough to watch. And I think when you've got multiple teams doing this, you you know, Arizona has sold everything. that's not a- latched a- down. Like,
0: Anaheim should be somehow worse, but they're not because it's such a tough year to tank.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, going into this season, right? We all expected the Canadians to be worse off than they are. I, I, not- I think, frankly, the way that they've played is more interesting to me for the future because you see the building blocks there and you see the fight that they have. Like I got to take uh, my oldest son to the game. Thanks to you, Mark
0: on Sunday that you well, did. Well, actually, thanks to um, a fantastic cabs fan. I, I'll get his name, but someone said, you know someone who needs tickets? So Andrew, Andrew was that guy.
1: Yeah. I believe the first name was Jeff. I, I forget the last name, but I me- sent him a message Jeff on Park. Twitter. Yes,
0: Jeff Park. Thank you, Jeff Park.
1: Jeff Park. Park. Yeah, so thanks to Jeff Park for setting that up. So Dylan got to see his first game on Sunday and awesome. you know, it's in a season like this, I expected, you know, McDavid was going to run roughshod over them. So I was <laughs> talking I'm like, "Hey, you're going to get to see the best player in the world tonight. So the Montreal Canadiens are going to have to play really hard just to to stay in the game because they're not a great team this year." And then he was like all in on the on the Canadiens because they played so well against the Oilers and then uh, they they went up 3-0. Oilers came back, got it to 3-2. Thanks in part to some pretty shoddy refereeing. And then right after that, Harvey Penard goes and makes it 4-2. And Dylan turns to me and he goes, the Oilers never should have messed with us, dad.
0: Allegiances start to to form there. You know what I mean? I love that. But hey, man, that's just such a... I'm so glad. I mean, I got a chance to see him at his first hockey game. It was the PWPHA showcase. And you could tell he had that kind of a like, well, okay, this is cool. This is an event. So I'm just glad you had a, there's nothing more important in hockey. And especially nowadays when the tickets are becoming a little unreasonable, this used to be kind of a, 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 a you know, a rite of passage in Canada. So seeing a, a parent bring their kid to the game and them enjoying it, man, cela.
1: Yeah. And I think this is also something that people need to remember. Like, Every single game that a team plays, there's kids in the audience watching their first game ever, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, tanking is great and all, and everybody wants Connor Bedard to be wearing the CH next season. Everybody. And if not him, Adam Fantilli or Matvey Mitchkov, oh. whatever, or Carlson. Ooh, Carlson. Like, they're all, year, there's a year. lot of really good choices this year. <laughs> but to have a good impression from a kid watching their first game, it means so much, right? And like sitting there and watching him clap for goals and like jump up and down and tell me like, this is so fun. Being like,
0: part of an event, you know? Exactly. Like, he was,
1: yeah. like he'd never been around 21,000 people before.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, it's a
1: crazy thing to do.
0: Important question was, is he still obsessed with the Zambonis? Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. He, That's all I he needed like, to know. He gave
1: up eating in the first intermission because it was like his lunchtime. He's like, no, I need to see the Zambonis. (laughs) It's like, well, I can't just leave you here and go get food. I can't be an irresponsible parent. So we had to duck out at the end of the second period early so that I could go get him some food. But uh, yeah, he needed to be there for the Zambonis. He loves the Zambonis. He thought it was too short with the two of them. He thought they should have been out there for longer. (laughs) Kids love the Zambonis. But I guess... On to this game. Let's talk about Jonathan Duran because what a frigging story. The thing that's impressing me the most right now about Duran is usually when he gets hurt, when he comes back, it takes him like mm, 10 or so games to not play tentative hockey. Mm -hmm. And after coming back now, he's been like better than he's been at any point this season. And I think he was on that trajectory before he got hurt and he's come back and hasn't missed a beat. He's been... Flat out incredible from a playmaking perspective, you know, not a flawless player, of course, we know that nobody's going to come in here and say that Jonathan Drouin is like a Selkie award winner or anything like that, but I think he's proving himself to himself and to others that he can still be a point producer in this league. I know he hasn't scored a goal, but look at the passes this guy's making
0: it's, and and regardless of where this ends up, because you know, we're not going to talk, we, you already brought up the possibility of a move there, but regardless of that or the future for, for Jonathan in Montreal, I'm glad that we're, we're, for a guy that was so open and honest about real life issues, because let's be perfectly honest, playing shooty puck doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. He was one of the few athletes that actually brought forth uh, the importance of mental health and was honest uh, enough to share that with the world. And, and let's be honest, people use that against him. So, and that's how it works in the world, unfortunately. The leaders that speak about it, they're going to get dinged on it. So just to see him in his element and his his his, his 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 just his happy place, you know, you kind of get that vision of him, learning to fall in love with hockey in the first place when he's younger, you know, and, you know, the, the sound of the pucks hitting the boards at night, late at the rink. And that, to me, it just makes me happy seeing a guy find find that that fire within him, the reason he fell in love with hockey in the first place. And, and yeah, it's great because the fans get to see it and all that, but I'm just particularly happy for one of the nicest people I've ever met. And regardless of what happens with Jonathan Drouin, uh, he's just an important player, even if he doesn't get a single point, due to the fact that he brought you know, the mental health conversation to the forefront. And um, I'll never, you know, I'll, I'll, I won't be able to appreciate enough what he did for that. And I'm personally thankful. I know a lot of other people are thankful. And now that it's all coming together on the ice, I mean, you know, that's just the way it should be with hockey. There's so much negative. There's so much criticizing and getting to celebrate a guy like that, that helps so many people that that is the point of sports.
1: Yeah, it really is. And I I love what you brought up there that, by bringing up mental health and having issues in the past with mental health, people kind of weaponize that against him. And that's, that's kind of why it's so important for people like Duran to bring it up and to have like staunch defenders of him, like Josh Anderson, right? Like every time that Duran has been kind of brought up in the media, it's like, it's always seems like Josh Anderson's looking over his shoulder. Like, don't, don't mess with my guy. Right. You know? And uh, I, I like that. And I, I find that that, is what strikes me as brave about Drouin because it'd be easy to just hide. And uh, on the last se- uh, last week, week's episode of the Hockey Inside Out show that I was on, uh, Stu Cowan mentioned, and like Stu Cowan's no huge fan of Jonathan Drouin. I think some of his criticisms are a little bit unfair, but he made a point to mention that on games, especially road games, where you walk into the dressing room after the game and everybody's gone, Jonathan Drouin's always there. He's always there, whether he had a good game or a bad mm-hmm. game, to talk to media, especially you know to be there for Francophone media to represent the team as one of the few Francophones on the team. The fact that after all this, he's still there at the forefront willing to put himself in the crosshairs, basically, of everyone. It, it says a lot about the man. And, yeah. you know, now he's at 12, 12 assists in the last 12 games. And like, we'll get to the, the hockey, it's been games.
0: really good, but I want to hit on that one more time. Yeah. When you're speaking about mental health as a celebrity, you're also, I mean, I know, okay, I'm not saying he's got a tough life, tougher than anyone else, but you're the most vulnerable person at that point, right? You're putting your vulnerability on full display. And in a sport, when hockey, where that's, not only unheard of it's kind of shunned upon uh that's very very important and i'll I'll end by saying this is he's one of the few players that's ever come up to me and asked me how i'm doing to make sure how i'm doing okay and i think because i've had conversations with him about mental health he remembered that and to me That goes to show that Jonathan Drouin, um, beyond what he can do in hockey, is a great person. And that type of person is worth celebrating. Every single time we had a charity event or, uh, you know, anytime he could interact with the fans, Jonathan Drouin stayed till the end. He signed every single card. He had earnest, like, honest conversations with kids. You know, he was asking them about, like, you know, their game, how they scored, et cetera, et cetera. So genuinely a great human being. And when he smiles, that makes me very happy. Yeah,
1: 100%. And I think that's the thing when we're talking about trades, right? And we are going to talk about the idea of Jonathan Duran might have built himself some trade value, right? Maybe,
0: Maybe to a team that has a number 62 on it. Wouldn't that be fun, eh?
1: It would. And, you know... I noticed uh, tonight there was uh, the pro scout for the Tampa sorry, Bay Trizac, Sorry, Trizak, Sorry,
0: Trizak, We ruined it. We ruined our no <laughs> trade thing already.
1: <laughs> I know. But uh, like I noticed the Tampa Bay Lightning had a pro scout in the audience tonight. Wouldn't it be a fun story to see Duran go back to Tampa Bay right? and end up going on like a long cup run after all that, you know, requesting a trade. Obviously, management mm-hmm. has changed there with uh, Breezebaugh instead of Eiserman at the top. So maybe there's a little bit of a change of heart in how they view Duran. So it would be kind of fun that way too, but I think the Abs are the most interesting yeah. one just because they're reuniting
0: and they're, with they're missing a little firepower up front right now. They are know? like that's yeah yeah. I'd see him on a second brutal. power play unit, you know, uh, hoisting the cup with Arturi Lekkinen. Now we're just living vicariously through Lekkinen because he did what we all wanted. But if guys like him and Dadnov, can I can I know I'm about to get a lot of eye rolls, but Andrew Dadenov the points aren't coming, but he's been playing quite well in the last two weeks, in my opinion. He,
1: he had, I would go f- back further than two weeks, honestly. Almost I, like, like January there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think sometimes we get stuck so deeply in narrative, right? Especially from the start of the season. If somebody has a bad start of the season, it, it takes a long time to move out of it. And nobody is mm. really immune to it, especially when you're like canoodling with a lot of people who think the same way. Uh, you know, talking in like Habs media or whatever, I think there's kind of like a pure pressure to be like, oh, well, this guy sucks. And therefore, like, I also think this guy sucks. Even like, maybe you don't, but you just kind of want to belong. And Dadnov <laughs> is one of those guys where like, yeah, you mentioned that he'll have a, a great stretch of games and he has been great. And people are like, oh, no, have you ever watched him? It's like, but are you, are you still paying attention to these games? Because... They're like every game. Now I look at Dadnov and I look at how hard he's working compared to the beginning of the year mm-hmm. and it's night and day. Yeah. Like he's I, I, just been way, way better.
0: I'd argue it's one of the biggest flaws in hockey analysis is that we tend to stamp a player and then let it go. Like in soccer, for yeah. example, throughout a season, They'll talk about who's the best, I don't know, center back or mid-defense or or, or, or attacking mid-left. But for like two weeks, three weeks, who's the best in form? Because they know it's it's ebbs and flows, right? Whereas in hockey, we just, boom, we stamp it three years ago and we call it a day. We're like, hey, boys, we got that analysis right. No, no, that's not how it works. At one point this year, Nick Suzuki was legitimately a number one center. And you could say that. He was one of the better centers in the NHL. It's not quite true anymore. And that's how hockey works. Ebbs and flows. And we tend to kind of, really, really go back. As you said, we, we we were really slow to move away from original cr- criticism that, uh, you know, again, the media is a big part of it too because everyone just wants to agree with each other. But I, I would prefer a little more fluid analysis in hockey. So, for example, Jonathan Drouin right now is the Montreal Canadiens best forward? And if I put that on Twitter, I'd get massacred. And me say, tellement vrai. So, you know, uh, 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 that's, to me, one of the biggest flaws in hockey analysis. That we're just a little too slow to kind of catch up with how they've been playing recently.
1: Yeah, it is. And I think part of that is natural, right? Because you don't want to jump the gun and have a guy have one good game. You're like, oh, look, he's back. You know, but at the same time, that doesn't once matter. a guy...
0: He Once you guy started
1: like, to put things together for a long stretch. And I find usually the good play starts happening before the points start happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we saw that with the we saw that I think with Durant. you know, like he earlier on with in the Hassen season at the
0: beginning of the year, everyone was on his back, 100%. but he's playing really well, like yep. really well.
1: Yeah. And, you know, this is kind of one of those areas where I have to give credit to Marty St. Louis, where he continually has been patient. With his veteran players, putting them in positions to succeed as much as he can, to mm-hmm. get the best out of them, and it continues to be successful. Uh, Drouin, Dodonov, Hoffman—all those guys have had, you know, brutal starts by the the counting numbers.
0: Dvorak, the,
1: yeah, yeah, Dvorak, yeah, Dvorak showing signs of life now. He's been pretty strong lately. Like that line, uh, Drouin, Dvorak, and Armia, i thought was their best line tonight. Um, They're at
0: over ninety expected goals. I guarantee it. I didn't look, but I guarantee it.
1: Yeah, Drew and tonight said 94.
0: wow <laughs> 94 <laughs> and a so quarter. Puppies, so. but, 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 but I mean, the overall picture here is that this is a blessing for Ken Hughes. So I know we talked about tanking and all that, but if you're a team that's looking for, you know, depth, which is half the team's going into the playoffs, you're going to start looking at these guys. And the Canadians can hold back That's the whole point of this season of trying to hold on to, you know, not bring on too too much salary is to maintain that for the, like they're not accruing salary, obviously, because they're an LTIR, but they want to maintain that so they can take some back and that nov at 50% retained suddenly, looks a lot more you know and drawing at 50 retained looks a lot more entertaining as a depth guy rather than the guy that you use all your cap space to acquire so this is good news for the canadians and i'm sorry and bad news for Trizak, but <laughs> the deadline's coming man and, and and it seems like now right now some teams are getting greedy i don't know if you saw the price for um the columbia um i forget his name um anyways the prices are ridiculous so Teams will start to look for secondary and tertiary options, and that's where these guys, you know, even Dvorak, starting to play like that center that they thought they got a, a while ago might start getting some
1: bites. Yeah, and, and we should say, like, the idea of trading Duran isn't so that the Canadians can get a haul, right? I think based on his last few seasons and his injury struggle, You want to give him a new Canadian, lease on his career. Yeah, it, it's not about getting, like, a first-round pick. That's not going to happen. It, it is literally about giving him a chance to, to get... To the point where we all thought he could get at some point, right? And the other thing is with Druin right now, he's 31 games played this year, 17 assists. So he's over a half point a game. I know he hasn't (laughs) scored, but (laughs) just by uh, evolving hockey's uh, expected goal ratio, Mm -hmm. he should have four goals this year. If Jonathan Druin had 21 points in 31 games this year... Like, is anybody disappointed with his play?
0: He would be one of the most productive Canadians forwards, right? I mean, it, it's... Yeah.
1: But, he but already to, is,
0: frankly. To me, and we'll have to actually get to some of the game. There's a lot to talk to. But when it comes to Derouin, a lot of people have asked me, do you try to sign him for Bobon Pacha next year? You know, good, like, real cheap. I, I would, but I, to me, I think it'd be better for Jonathan Derouin to move on. And, yeah. and it's just because... Like the 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 ground has been salted here and it's not his fault, but it's just the way he was presented to the media by Berchavin originally. And, and the now he can do no good in some people's eyes. So for him, for Jonathan Drouin I think the best call is looking to you know greener pastures than than Montreal, unfortunately. But hey, if it ends on a positive note, I'll be very happy.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. I would love to see him have a nice playoff run. Uh I mean, look at his career in the playoffs so far. He mm-hmm. he's always brought it, right? So mm-hmm. it'd be nice to get him that lease on life. Uh Joel Armia has been great lately too. Again, another guy coming back from injury who hasn't missed a beat. Obviously uh benefited from Duran's play tonight as well, but also ha- set up uh Dvorak's goal with some nice plays. He set up uh who's uh Jordan Harris's second goal against Edmonton. Yeah, which with a really nice play at the blue line to kind of draw in the defender and open up some space. Ken for Hughes Heron.
0: is all smiles right now, you know, <laughs>
1: right? You Cause... know, here's something I want to bring up just quickly. I re- when Jordan Harris spoke out about hockey is for everyone and how like it, it's kind of bullshit and it's not really that way in hockey. When he spoke culture. the truth, yeah, yeah. When he spoke the truth, of course, and you know, huge uh, props to him for doing that. Not only as like person of color in times. general, but the fact that he's a rookie. Oh, that's yeah. There's it's hard to do that as a rookie and mm. then immediately after that there was like a bunch of people from different markets being like oh man he's gonna get traded now Montreal's not gonna like him I'm like I don't think you understand the current management structure no. and then he immediately gets signed to an extension which I know would have been happening in the last several months whatever Yeah, but like the timing is amazing and, and, and then he goes out and has his best game
0: of the year against right? the Oilers. and for those that didn't have a chance to hear him speak with uh, uh, Guerrier, um, he had a whole conversation about the uh, Black History Month the Canadian's Tape this whole conversation. It's very important. Go take a look at it. Hey, listen. I know that I've had my issues with the Canadians in the past, but I'm going to go ahead and say this: they are very forward thinking in a lot of uh, of their their approach to hockey, and, and they're learning. Listen, they're not perfect, but they are learning now with the change of management. There's been a certain reinvigoration of people trying to, you know, obviously keep um, uh, different groups in mind. And I'll say this, the players will never be punished for any of that. And the team likes it when they speak out because they have to be leaders in our community. So it's really important. I, I hate sometimes when it's, for example, I mean, Jordan Harris is a person of color. There's very few in the NHL. And I hate how we constantly turn and say, hey, can you fix the issues? You know, but I think the way the Canadians did it by having an open conversation, um, Georges Larac was there as well, is it's a good way to uh, open up the debate or not the debate, but for people to learn without necessarily putting the onus of fixing the issue on the speaker. If that makes any sense.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. It's it's kind of like letting them say their piece without being like, Hey, Fixed what racism. do you think yeah. we should do? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's such a thing, especially during black history month, like, I talked to Julian McKenzie the other day, uh, just like, cause you know, we're two white guys, Mark, we will stumble at times, not understanding things.
0: No, it's we a lot of learning, it's a lot of listening and learning.
1: Always. Right. And I reached out to him and I was like, Hey, Julian, like if somebody contacts you to do like a guest spot this month? during black history month, do you feel that that's like tokenistic? And I was like, or does it like kind of depend on the situation? He was cool. like, it no. definitely depends uh, about like is it somebody who's reached out to me before right so like if it's somebody you've never talked to before and that all randomly, of a sudden yeah. they're like hey you want to do this and it happens to be black history month it feels a little bit different right so it it's being conscious of all those little things at the same time and, and learning from different perspectives it's a it's a challenge that we have to take on right head first you have to Absolutely. dive in
0: Absolutely. And I know there's some people working on the scenes really hard to make it happen. Sebastian, Jackson, um, let's talk on, just send a message there. Let's talk on Twitter. I can get you in contact with the right people. So I don't know how, what you've, what the history has been there with that, but I know the people and I'd be glad to uh, try to help as a conduit to that. And by the way, those, those jerseys, those warm-up jerseys, woo! like the gorgeous. opposite of the retro reverse, because they're gorgeous. They're well thought out and man, like I, and Another thing I, I would like to say, people will go and try to buy them if they're available and they're always expensive. There's actually a good reason. For once the teams aren't being greedy, the needle thread count and the work done in those jerseys is 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 very expensive because it's a lot more work than the regular jerseys. So that's pretty much the reason why those those specialty jerseys are so darn expensive. Unfortunately, yeah. it's just a reality of the product.
1: My only complaint about those specialty jerseys, and it's the same with the one they did for like the, I think it was like indigenous history oh, Hold on, last year, is I wish they would make a full jersey. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I wish they would make a full jersey instead of a practice jersey, because I would friggin' drop coin on that. Like it, it was so beautiful. And yeah. I, I feel like if they could just do the whole kit, like. In that that color scheme, that design scheme, it would sell like crazy. I know it, it would obviously be more expensive as well, but yeah. I, I just want them to go from the good job they're doing to like the next stage and actually. Well, throw together. A, keep a in mind,
0: years. these are all done done by marketing teams. And the whole point of marketing is it's still to make the money. So there's that, like, and that was a huge sticking point with me in Montreal. Like, I, I, I'll admit, I, I was kind of, you know, complaining a lot about it. But so there is a fine balance to be done. And as Noel mentions here, you know, this learning, this listening uh, has to be done all year round. So that's the, that's the key part there, because it's great to celebrate Black history, very important. But, you know, being a good person isn't limited to uh, sponsored events. Hundred percent.
1: Hundred percent. I know there was a comment from Trizak uh, earlier on in the stream as well asking if we could talk about Jonathan Kovacevic. Oh god I've yeah. kind of beating the drum for him all season long. Not big big really a big Kovačević fan. But the dude is just solid. Mm-hmm. I really like him. I don't know if he has a future beyond being like he a has third to. pairing defenseman, oh, but okay. like yeah. I th- I think he's a solid NHLer. I don't see any major issues with this game. Maybe like a lack of finishing. But what I like about him more than anything, I think, is like when he makes a mistake, he's always there fixing it. Like Mm -hmm. he just stays with plays all the time.
0: I I, I stated that he's their most reliable defenseman bar none. And and I include Mike Matheson in that because Kovacevic has stayed healthy. Now, I know it's a little rough on Matheson, but like when Matheson's in the lineup, man, the Montreal Canadiens... Look different. They're a different team. It's like when Prime Petrie was there. But um Jonathan Kovacevic has been there the entirety of the time. And he's been a healthy scratch when he's been the Canes. statistically their best defenseman. So that's yeah. a little rough on your brain, too, right? But just hearing him speak, first of all, what a smart, intelligent person. He thinks about the question before he answers, which is something we should all aspire to do. Um, he's reliable and he makes Jordan Harris look good, they work well together. I, I agree, he's kind of like Josh Georges. He's never going to put the puck in the net, but he actually has a better shot. He's been unlucky there. Statistically speaking, Jonathan Kovacevic has been their most reliable, dependable defenseman. And I think you have to include him when you talk about Gouley, you talk about Harris, you talk about Jacki. You got to include Kovacevic in there because out of all of them, he's had the best numbers. So to me, I mean... It's great that the Jets aren't missing him, but man, what a waiver claim. Like he's, he's got that Paul Byron potential to be like a, ah, those idiots put him on waivers. It doesn't look bad now, but it could in the future. Cause I see him having a potential to have, you know, many, many serviceable years in Montreal.
1: Yeah, Trizek bring, brings up that it was Rock Smasher, not him that uh, brought up Kovacevic. So ah. shout out to Rock Smasher in the chat. Yeah, Rock Smasher uh, everyone... brings up
0: great ideas in this chat. It, it's like 50 the times The chat now. that we have,
1: we're so we're lucky. lucky. Eh? We, have, we have amazing people here. I'm just but I gotta tell this
0: all the time. And they're like, oh, Mark, it's this, it's this, it's this. <laughs> or there was one with uh, Tim. I'm like, no, the chat will correct me because I made a mistake. And then 10 seconds later. There <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: they right. are. But I got to tell you, as amazing as everyone is you got to like the stream, folks. we got over 100 people here and not enough likes on the video. Oh, so yeah. make sure you like the video. Help us grow. Make sure you subscribe to SDPN. Ring the notification bell for everything. We need your help, you know? we got to yeah. keep this thing going. Have how some do you do, fun. How do you
0: do, fellow youth? Yeah. No, we're <laughs> lucky because even Super Bowl weekend, there was a ton of people around, which was just like, that's that's cool to me. That's that's always cool that people take time to actually listen to us rant about excellent players like Alex Bezir. Can Can I... Am I allowed yes. to get excited about Alex Belzil? Because
1: I was, I wanted to ask you, Mark, as somebody who, from before most people had even heard of him, was pushing Alex Belzil as not just a, a player who deserved to play in the NHL and, and get a shot at the NHL, but just a great story. How satisfying is it to watch him out there setting up plays, scoring his first goal, and just the guy just doesn't make mistakes. He is clinical
0: yeah no absolutely hey king of the north that's like the fifth time you criticize how often i talk i'm sorry buddy that's just me that's just me so just take it down a notch with the criticism um for alex Belzil, the thing with him is that as you say there's nothing that stands out like crazy but not only is it a great story is that he's very very smart you'll notice he makes very few mistakes on the ice so his anticipation and his ability to um be at the right place at the right time kind of makes up for that lack of speed almost in a Jake Evans type, you know, mold, but on the wing. So to me, when you're looking at his points, his his, his underlying numbers are great. Uh, he creates high danger chances, but there's nothing that sticks out about Alex Belzile, except obviously the dedication, the effort. And one thing I will say is that we're kind of, avoiding talking about Michael Pezzetta because he's almost old news, but Michael Pezzetta has been looking really, really good too. So he got reinvigorated when Raphael Harvey Pinal joined. And now that he's on the top line, him and Bezil are working very, very well. Hard work on the fourth line, but smart work. And that's what defines Alex Bezil, an intelligent player. So I'm just yep. beyond happy for him right now.
1: A hundred percent. And by the way, King of the North said that he was just trying to be funny. He didn't mean it to come across as uh harsh criticism so everybody's happy the vibes are good in here and yeah what impresses me so much about Belzile is that intelligence and the fact is like he's going into the corner with you he might not get there first on the puck gonna outwork you though
0: yeah every time and we're seeing as a guy that in Laval I'll tell you right now it's really tough to be in Laval and being 28 29 and all these guys that are scoring less than you are getting called up after you or before you and then you have to turn around and make it good for them in the room like he's such a great he was like the father of of the laval rocket locker room but at the same time he knew i'm fighting with these guys i'm going to help them as much as i can but i'm also going to make that jump so that's a really tough juxtaposition between being a mentor and being uh you know someone that that wants to display his own skill so there was a lot of that all those stories written in laval was always such a great mentor such a great mentor but you know what's going through his head when he reads that is I'm more than just a mentor for these old guys. Like I'm still fighting for my spot. So I'm just so glad that he got a chance to prove it. And Hey man, that's six, what six points in eight games on the fourth line. It's pretty good. I, I think other than, well, Drouin now, but I think Drouin and Bezit are the Canadians' hottest scorers, right? Like that's physically speaking. Yeah. And, and Harvey Pinel. But either way, six points on the on the f- or fourth line is very, very difficult. So, like, let's give him some credit there. I don't know where we go with, you know, from here, but I'm just happy because every time he had that story about him being a mentor, I know he hated it. He really hated it. <laughs> but deep down inside, he was telling himself, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. And when I interviewed him for the athletic, like the, when the minute he came to Laval, he said, I'm not giving up until I make it. And he's like, and when I make it, I'm going to stay there, you know? So it's all kind of coming true and pure, pure heart and dedication on uh, Alex Biz Like it's, it's the, the, the stuff dreams are made of for hockey stories.
1: hundred percent. I was worried today was going to be like a bit of a rough game. So I had written down like Arbor Jack guy being out and whether we
0: should talk about that, but I don't even know if that's a topic right now. Like. I have thoughts on that. I'm going to write about it tomorrow for Montreal hockey now, but he's fighting too often. I, I'll, that's what I'm going to like. I feel like all of Montreal is living vicariously through Arbert Shakai for the last 30 years of insecurity issues. Yeah, you know what there, I mean.
1: there is a lot of that. Although I feel like his fight where he got injured against the Oilers was not instigated by him. Like, I feel like he really no. didn't have much of a choice there. Uh, the Oilers were trying to find a spark. You know, Evander Kane was out there being an idiot uh, I will say, and I know it's not about this game specifically, but uh, it was very satisfying. I don't know if they showed it on the broadcast, but after Evander Kane scored his kind of like lucky slingshot goal to make it three to two on Sunday, he went and like started chirping at Canadians players on the ice and like chirped the entire bench on the way back. And then the Oilers did nothing the rest of the game, <laughs> allowed three straight goals. So that was extremely satisfying for somebody who is.
0: Followed of Kane's shenanigans well, and, and, and for a long time. Arbor has provided a lot of that this year, right? Like a lot right. of just like, okay, we're losing, but man, at least there's an entertainment factor and we're going to beat the crap out of you. Let's be honest, the Canadians have been pushed around for 30 years, like honestly, at least. And from going back to the PJ stock days, you know, where they brought him in and they're like, look, go fight. They brought in a laundry list of guys that were just hired mercenaries to see a guy like Arbor Jackie be able to kind of pull a Lyle line even though he's better than him and you know provide good hockey that's fun to see but i i'd like them to maybe pull back on the whole idea that he's going to go out and destroy everyone he's not the biggest guy in the league he's not the toughest guy in the league he's one of the but we have to keep in mind he fought nine times this year, Andrew. I know, like most people in their lives, don't get into a fight, and those that do, trust me, you get it hurts. It hurts, especially when you got a big old jaw like this, you know. So, like we're keeping in mind that this is risky what they're doing with Jack. I'd like to see them maybe pull back a little bit, and or maybe him just saying, no, you know what? I don't have to prove myself anymore. I've proven myself already. Yeah, hundred percent. Because there's pressure, I mean, right? There's pressure on him from you know, make your space. But I think he's he's carved his space already.
1: In in the modern NHL fighting in almost double digits per season is not common. No. Right. And I know that's As part of like being a rookie and being so tough that guys want to test him, but like fighting Vincent darena who is six foot six, he is Ooh over boy. a foot taller than David D'Arnais. <laughs> you know, like it's not the same darena And, uh, you know, guys that like Jack is a big guy, but he's not six, six big. So when you're giving no. up reach advantages, all that stuff, it it becomes a slog and he just he doesn't need he doesn't need to do, be doing that anymore he's already proved no. himself he can well that's yeah exactly i think
0: he wants he needs to get away from the whole like i have to go there and fight every night because it's too much for anyone 10 fight like i don't know if you saw him lately black eye busted shoulder like man these guys at the best of times are already hurt fighters they go to bed worrying about the guy they're gonna have to punch next game because it's like it's intense getting into a fight they'll get sick over it the night before you know if you read any of the stories of enforcers like it's tough mentally off the ice as well so i love what he's doing and it's fun and don't get me wrong i get excited when there's a fight but i'd love to see a little you know pump the brakes a little bit on him having to fight all the toughest guys in the league 100
1: all right um I don't know if there's much else to talk about tonight. Obviously, uh, Justin Barron and David Savard scored as well. We didn't talk about that, but Justin uh, Barron,
0: we didn't. Justin Barron has
1: been so great. Oh, like, man, it's so wild when you think about it. The Canadians went into this season with four rookies on defense and no one is disappointed. And then they called up Justin Barron. So they had, they're now on their fifth rookie on defense. Yeah. He hasn't disappointed. Like everyone has been as good or better than I think expectations were at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Like the Canadians I, depth in terms of prospects and young players on defense
0: is incredible, but it's not incredible on the right side, which is why it's so important for Justin Barron to hit. Right. Like this when you were looking you're, you're right, there's such a, like the laundry list of guys on the left. I think there's Madison Bowie right now. That's playing on the right in Laval. Every other guy is left. So, not only is Justin Barron important because he could be a power play quarterback, by the way, that was he was the only other guy other than Jacki that scored a power play goal on a, on a defenseman as a defenseman just goes to show right handed great at puck retrievals great in transition, like there, he checks so many boxes for the Canadians that they have to hit on Barron. That's why he's so important to see him emerge is absolutely great. One thing here we wanted someone asked about uh, Oh, Claire, what did you think about Josh Anderson going about after Suzuki in general? I hate those kind of fights. That I had absolutely no problem with it. None. Yeah. None whatsoever.
1: And it's it's like the third game in a row where people have been gunning for Suzuki. He's the him and Doc are the only guys who are like your your star guys left at forward. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to lay the hammer down a little bit. And with Jack guy out of the lineup, Josh Anderson stepped up. And I think you know we're talking about trade value. Every GM that already has a hard on for. For Josh Anderson saw that fight and had a huge check mark oh. beside him oh, once they, more. They
0: stayed sitting. They stayed sitting, I'll tell you that much there. <laughs> they like, had
1: the binder in front.
0: Right. The no, old but... like
1: middle school move.
0: And 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 like Murphy didn't deserve to get his ass whooped by by <laughs> Anderson, but that's hey, that's why the instigator exists. To me, that was him setting the tone saying, like, listen, we're not going to go, you know, quietly into the night. There's something for a team that lacks motivation or maybe even something to fight for. I think Anderson kind of set the tone there. And I get it. A lot of people are probably rolling their eyes and saying that's a useless fight. Maybe in the grand scheme of things, but in a vacuum for that one game. It set the tone for the Canadians, and I think you saw they upped their intensity after that. And this is an argument that I've laughed at in the past, but in this particular case, I think it was very much true that Anderson showed a little bit of a bite back, and then the rest of the team followed. So it it sucks for Connor Murphy because that was actually a really nice check. And I'll say, man, Suzuki's a tough guy because I I've never seen him stay on the ice after a hit like that. Was he got all of Connor Murphy? You know, he absolutely obliterated Suzuki. Bounced right back up man yep. he's he's tough he's tough
1: that kid he is and oh you know what we should start, we were talking about michael Pozzetta. his hit on max domi was
0: uh, pretty great as well yeah well yeah i mean i'm he, just he's lucky he didn't just get uh sucker by oh no domi only does that to uh, non-fighters right but uh yeah i'll say one thing one of the johnsons that plays for chicago i don't know which one um going after there's Pizzetta, 30 of them yeah, yeah, Johnson B B Johnson. No, not, not 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 Bert Johnson, you know. And the
1: game's being commented by commented on by Mike Johnson. Yeah, who was exactly. the best Johnson in the game, frankly.
0: i yeah, I'll say this though, going after Pizzetta at the end of the shift, bit greasy, but then getting yeah. like did you notice that Pezzetta basically, like, okay, take 12 body shots. I'm tired. All right, here yeah, we he go. He was holding them out as far okay. as he could, and he was saying, <laughs> like, all okay. I could do. It's like, give me-I'm tired, man. For those that have never gone all out in a shift. And then fought. You're already at zero energy, right? So that I thought was pretty darn embarrassing. Yeah. Picking a fight at the end of a shift, at the end of the game, and then getting the, the the tar beat out of you. Eesh, eesh. Not a good look. Basically, if you
1: want to know how that feels, run a suicide or two, and then try to fight.
0: <laughs> yeah, like a beep test. Yeah, exactly. Go. Yeah, exactly. It's or go wrestle for two minutes, and then try to fight. You have no energy, so uh, yeah, that was. Uh, Hey man, at least we'll we'll see. I'm glad to see Pizzetta. Now his role is a little bit more established. I know it sucks that Jack is injured, but I felt bad when Pizzetta was kind of pushed out of that. So, you know, Hey man, it's, it's always fun to see a guy that worked that hard to make it get his, uh, have a role in the NHL. hundred percent.
1: All right. Uh, we're going to cut it here because frankly, it's a game between two basement dwellers and we got to get to sleep and do we? we got another game coming up right away on Thursday here. But before I let you go, obviously Mark's going to be back on Thursday again. And then, oh yeah,
0: oh yeah, Saturday, I, 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 uh, yeah, you're
1: on the schedule. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but hey, are you about to shout out our chat? Because like from from of, King of North to the Peter Dolas to Thomas to Trinac to everyone are amazing. Like seriously, we're we're beyond lucky to have this kind of crowd with us. Huh? We okay, are. Kay is just okay lucky. though. She's just like okay. Kay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, most, she's, the she's one who's been here from the Twitter. very beginning.
1: Yeah, we got to give Kay her flowers, absolutely, especially
0: on Valentine's oh, yeah. Day. As I was going to say, Kay asks, is is Sammy nice? Sammy Zane is one of the nicest guys I've ever met, and I know we're going long. And actually, Andrew would be pretty cool if we could get him on our show, but I don't know. Um, I brought. We have to, an
1: update about that soon.
0: Oh, so um, I brought him up to the press box because he came for the Habs during the power play, and actually, the Habs got mad at me for anyways. That doesn't matter. And he turned into a little boy because he was like, Oh my God, this is where you work. This is so cool. He started pointing out where he was when um Bret Hart during the Montreal screw job, you know. And he's like, Can I sit at your, your seat? And he's like, No way, this is your job. This is so cool. And I'm like, Man, this beast of a man turned into a 12-year-old boy the minute he got brought up to the press box. And to me, that's just Amazing. You know what I mean? He went from a a, a WWE superstar to every 10 year old boy or girl watching their first game live. So that that was uh yeah, and he's honestly a great person. Take a look at his charities. Few people yep. match the um how real of a person Sami Zayn is, just a very, very, very good person. Yeah, Sami Zayn's the best,
1: and he's gonna be WWE champion very soon. I mean probably this weekend. Unless we have Montreal Screwdrop oh god I hope not imagine he was uh, there in now, the
0: stands and now he's uh, oh don't do it
1: don't tempt the WWE
0: they are yeah, shitty enough to do that Montreal but, can take one but not two you want to riot in a season where the Habs <laughs> aren't making the playoffs that's how you get it
1: uh, yeah for sure and I know that uh, that night is going to be all about the WWE for sure for a lot of people especially in Montreal because it's a huge event mm-hmm. in Montreal and I actually was going to go and then I realized that that night is also the night that I set to do the Hot Ones Gauntlet with Adam Wild. <laughs> Habs Leafs. So we're going to do that. That's going to be really fun. That's also my birthday. So I'll be turning 36 and destroying my digestional tract, which is always fun. And, you're about to uh, learn then... what
0: happens after 35 is that your intestines <laughs> and you are no longer friends. Like you're like, it's going to be an eternal battle. Just letting you know.
1: One hundred percent. Although you know what, I did it last year with Julian and wasn't that bad. The worst part is the lips. The lips were brutal. So hopefully that's the worst part this time as well. I'm gonna do the the lip chap before and maybe midway through just to to help myself there. But, but that's last time watch. I went must my whole watch with away, Adam Wild.
0: That that'll be fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's gonna need some antacids. A uh, guy who thinks cereal is spicy, but uh, last time <laughs> oh, I went what the is this, whole tomato? way. <laughs> last time I went the whole way without having any drinks. Julian and I both did it together, and then we had a drink together at the end, which was gross because it was milk that had been sitting out for an that's hour. That's
0: actually the best technique, right? Because of the there's the science behind it. You don't take water. That's actually a great technique. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I'm gonna try to do that again. We'll see. I'm not gonna hold myself to it because I've already proved myself. So I, I don't have anything to prove this time, but I'm going to go the whole way as yeah. always. And then after that show, it's going to be all Mark all the time for a stretch, Suckers. a small surgery. So yeah. you guys will have lots of fun with that. There's yeah. lots of cool, big guests coming out. I, I
0: got, yeah. Well, one of them I just confirmed today will be uh, Dave Jackson, former uh, NHL referee, Montreal native. So, And you're all going to have to behave when when Dave Jackson here. He's obviously ESPN's referee specialist. Great guy. So we're going to get into a little bit of that with uh, Dave Jackson. Talk about bias in the NHL. That should be fun.
1: It's going to be extremely fun. I'm going to be shit-talking in the chat, and Robert's going to be modding me.
0: <laughs> right? So Noel asked, how old is Mark? Let's just put it this way. I bought the uh, pour some sugar on me. Um, uh, <laughs> laser disc, not the CD, like the laser disc. Okay, <laughs> so you can Google that uh, when Def Leppard released their laser disc, but I owned it. Just, just put it that way.
1: Yeah, 100%. K says, Andrew going on IR. That's right. Not quite LTIR. I won't be out that long, but uh, we'll have lots of cool stuff well, coming up. Originally, forward, forward. Andrew
0: was like, I'll be good in like a few days. Like, buddy, they're ripping out your, some parts of your mouth. It's going to take a little <laughs> bit longer than a few days. Let's put it that way.
1: Just a little part of my jaw. That's okay. Just but, uh, minor, minor, major surgery, you know? just for a guy who talks for a living. Great great thing to have in the middle of the season. But hey, I've been supposed to getting to I'm supposed to have got it done like 4 years ago, so I'm finally getting it done. That's a good thing. All right, uh, Mark, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks to everyone in the chat. Make sure you like the video. If you really like it, definitely share it on your favorite social media, whatever one, you know, floats your boat and uh, subscribe to Game Over here on the SDPN YouTube channel. You can follow us on spotify apple Podcasts, wherever you can get your podcasts and yeah if you really like us hit us up on twitter and as, as well we're always you know open books you can ask us any question we try to get to everything we can in the chat if we missed you we're sorry but we appreciate every single comment every single person who watches the show we're really all amazing we're lucky we do this we're so for lucky you. yeah all right so uh we'll see you on thursday
0: By Sports Interaction. Canada's Sports